East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Leslie. We're three sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. There is a fourth sister, and she will be making guest appearances throughout the series. We're obsessed with true crime, paranormal, and laughing. Join us for our weekly outburst as we dive into the crazy stories that full fledge up the East Coast. Just so you know, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all just for informative purposes. When you said do not, I wanted to go, uh, no, 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 no. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let me put these things down. Welcome to episode 23. Because she didn't say I, that last episode. I know. I feel really bad that I didn't. <laughs> like, nobody are, knows. I was going to say, people are going to be so confused now. I know. What episode? How would we know? <laughs> I think it's more for me. Because then I'm that much closer to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> are you, though? I am. I don't think she understands the aspirations I have for us. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. We can go on tour and we can leave your children say, behind. She she seriously said that last time. No, by by or that time I hope they're up. grown and out the house. Living their own life. What? Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's not gonna happen anytime soon. Cause your children are gonna be like you. Pipe dream. <laughs> they're gonna be like, We're staying with you forever, Mom. <laughs> Here's my children. Yay. <laughs> Hopefully I your son it. will make it big league and then you can just move into a big house with him. Big league? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You never know. He's going to be my astrophysicist. He can do both. Okay. And then he can be the NFL's version of Lance Bass. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Apparently everyone's got some allergy shenanigans going on, so sorry for all the extra noises. So guess where we're going? Not Savannah, Georgia, because I don't want to go back there. <laughs> Last week was hard. Yeah, not Savannah, I thought it Georgia. was cool. Um, I'm going to say up north. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go Maine. No. Damn it. Not that. Not New that. Hampshire. Too far. No. Oh. New York. No. Pennsylvania. No. Oh. It's like New Jersey. Of- yes. Oh, I was going to say going to New Jersey. We are going to, well, this starts off in West Orange, New Jersey. Oh. You know, I, I we, have we done anything about Florida? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, wait, I Lisa did it. Nowak. Damn it. You did, did Lisa it. Nowak. She I did, did Eileen Warnos. Oh, wait, that's right. Literally, I remember the people and not the area. I'm sorry, you guys. Well, <laughs> and then there I. There goes that one. So we did two Florida, well, we did one Florida attempted murder. We did Florida murders, and then we did Captain Tony's in Florida. Why did I think that was in Georgia? Because we West. just did Georgia. Mm, probably. That was our only Georgia one. No. No. Mm-hmm. Pee-wee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's too many already. Well, Pee-wee was like a whole couple states. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Anyways. West Orange, New Jersey. Yes. Take us back. Let's go back. Okay, so this is about um, a Charles Edward Cullen. Don't look at my page. Edward Cullen. Look at your own page. 
I don't look at my paper. I don't have a page to look at. I can't read it. I just see colors. I don't have my glasses. He's the rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) If I take my glasses off, then I'm really screwed. I won't be able to see anything. Oh, ow. So Charles Cullen was born February 22nd, 1960. Mm -hmm. Edmund. Edmund. E-D-M-U-N. Edmund. It's not Edward. I literally always say Edward in my head because it makes me think of the Cullens. Yeah, that's why I said, ooh. Yeah, Edmund. I'm sorry, you guys. See, here we go. Starting mm-hmm. off on the wrong. I don't, I can't erase pen. It's okay. <laughs> Edmund Cullen. He was born February 22nd, 1960 to a Edmund and Florence Cullen, hence the middle name. Mm. <laughs> Dad and mom. Yeah. He was born to a Edmund and Florence Cullen. Oh, I wonder how that's not his parents. <laughs> Carlisle. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Edward. He was the youngest of eight children. Uh, no, I do not have his siblings' names, but he that's was the youngest funny. of eight. And his father died when Charles was seven months old. Oh. Yeah. He didn't even know his dad. No, he has no memory of his father. But was his dad at least an okay person? I don't know. Okay. He was seven months old. I don't know. This is like Eileen. Her dad was a piece of shit, but she didn't know him. Mm. He was dead. Mm-hmm. She knew he was a piece of shit. <laughs> it says that... Charles claims that he had a miserable childhood. He was bullied by his older sister's boyfriends and classmates. Hmm. I, you know, I don't know what it is about these people. I feel like I'm just drawn to psychopaths. I'm not 100% sure. There's a theme that goes on with these people that I think, honestly. Hmm. Because by the age of nine, he had his first suicide attempt. And that was by him drinking chemicals it was like a concoction that he made out of a home chemistry kit that he had (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he's nine years old he decides i don't want to do this life anymore people keep making fun of me so he makes this whole thing in his chemistry kit and he attempts suicide Mm. obviously it didn't work (laughs) then when he was 17 years old his mother died in a car accident and his sister was actually driving the car that his mother was killed in. So his sister didn't pass, but his mother did. And it said from that point on, like his mental health was just a decline. Mm. Like he was very attached to her. And then when he lost her, he just kind of like, yeah. When his mother died, I think it said it was December 6, 19... Yeah, well, that would make sense. December 6, 1977 was the day that his mom died. And the hospital actually wouldn't release the body to him. Why? I don't know. For some reason, they wouldn't release the body to him. And so that, like, that really upset him. He didn't understand what was going on. He wanted to have a proper burial for her. And they cremated her body instead. What? Yeah, like, went against his wishes and was like, no, we're just going to cremate her. Yeah, so didn't give her the body. Did they give him back, give her back to him afterwards? I mean, I assume so, yeah. Yep. That sucks. But yeah, he was like, 
asking for her body and they're like no and the siblings didn't do anything i guess not like it was him going for her that's that's what i'm saying like he had such an attachment to his mom like he was trying to get her body and they were like no wait how old was he 17 17. okay i guess i mean he's not even out of high school yet i know yeah he's not a legal he's a senior in high school i would have killed someone if they did that to my mama Mm. i would have blown up that whole goddamn place Yep. And my sister just that delete killed that. her. <laughs> nope. So he decided to drop out of school and he enlisted in the Navy. In the Navy. He passed Sorry. all the psych tests and everything like that in order for him to be in a submarine because they said that they have to do a lot of tests in order for mm-hmm. it because you have to stay down there. I think they said like two months at a time. Yeah. 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 So he passed all I of those I a lot tests. of stories about this. Oh. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> so that's um so he did that, but he was also bullied while in the navy. And he had another suicide attempt while he was there. He was sent to the Navy psychiatrist on multiple occasions after that attempt because they're saying, I don't, it doesn't really say how many attempts that he had, but there were, after that first one, there were multiple attempts and (laughs) there was, okay, I laugh, I'm sorry. Before the first attempt, he had kind of like went off his rocker a little bit and they found him while he was stationed at this one part, like in kind of like a doctor's gown just sitting there like in a chair with like a stethoscope gloves kind of like the outfit and everything like that like scrubs yeah he was just like sitting there yeah and so they're like that's not okay so then they they like bumped (laughs) him down in like his ranking right and so then that's when he made his first suicide attempt Okay. Uh, well, while in the Navy, I should say. Yeah. And so then he went through that. He got cleared. And so he had a couple others. But every single time he he gets cleared, like, they, they kind of let him go after a couple of days. They're like, oh, yeah, no, we did the evaluation. Like, you're fine. In 1984, he was discharged by the Navy on health reasons, but it does not specify what those health reasons are. So mm. it could be the fact that it was. It was crazy. Life. Well, yeah, but they don't actually say that. So 1984-ish, like sometime around that year, or sometime in that year, uh, he decides to go to nursing school. All right. His um, dreams coming true. Right? Well, I mean, I he guess. He a premonition. He graduates in 1986, so this is still in New Jersey. But he He's back in New Jersey. I don't know. It doesn't really say where he goes for the Navy, but yeah, obviously. So in 1986, he graduates as the president of his class oh. in nursing. After he graduates, he immediate, immediately starts working in the burn unit at St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey. Livingston. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, while, he work, while he is working there, he meets an Adrian Taub. T-A-U-B. So, first name A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. Yeah, I would say it. Adrian! Taub. T-A-U-B. <laughs> Sorry. In 1987, and they very quickly get married. Oh, no. And they eventually have two daughters. Now, I don't have the daughters' names at all. Yeah, don't put that shit out there. Yeah. 
So he's at St. Barnabas burn unit, right? Mm-hmm. During this time. They get married in 1987. By June 11th, 1988, he commits his first murder. While he's in the burn unit? It is to a judge, John W. Yango Sr. He was at the hospital for an allergic reaction to blood thinning medication. Mm. He was on the mend. And apparently, Charles had actually given the judge a lethal dose of IV medication, which caused him to die. <laughs> was it like... Why was he in... If he was in the burn unit... He... he Okay, so Charles was in the burn unit, but in a hospital. Oh, so he would just go but around and help we'll out? We'll get there in a minute. We'll get there later. He's playing doctor. Yeah. The hell? How did they catch him? Dude, we're not even there yet. Oh. We're not even close to being there yet. So they didn't know who. What no, they have to no the idea what happened to the judge. They just know that the judge had passed away. He was on the men, and then some freak accident happened where he ends up passing away. They have no idea what happened. So he ends up working there. He decides to quit at St. Barnabas in January of 1992 when an investigation starts due to a tampered bags of IV fluids. Oh. <laughs> so then, February 1992, Colin gets a job at Warren Hospital in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. While he's working there, there were a few weird deaths, older people. There, there's a bit of sus things going on. So that's February 1992. Some He moves to this hospital and everything like that. But then come 1993, his wife, Adrian, files for a divorce. And he ends up getting shared custody of his two daughters. And after, not too long after she files for divorce, he moves into a basement apartment. So that's where, like, he takes his daughters, you know, when he has them and all that stuff. But again, not too long after the divorce, she actually files for two domestic abuse charges. No shit. And she actually has, she claims that he does substance abuse. So he, he's an alcoholic. He abuses pets. So I'm not really sure if it's the family pets or pets that are in the neighborhood, but she says that he actually ends up putting animals into bowling bags or trash cans and just kind of leaves them in there. What? what the hell? Just kind of like takes them and leaves <laughs> them in there. Yeah. And that she's, he's actually known to put lighter fluid into people's drinks. What and is to, wrong with him? And to make, and he makes prank calls to funeral homes. What? Yeah. These are all of her claims after they divorce. Like when, when they go, how would you, stuff. what would you even, what? Yeah. How would you what prank call? Yeah, like what do you do? Well, how do you I don't prank know. Call a I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. That's what she said. She was like he would prank call funeral homes like your hearse what? is open. <laughs> That's not the body's falling out. <laughs> I don't I don't understand that. Okay. Prank call. Yeah. Funeral homes. Okay. So he eventually says that at this time he wanted to quit his job, but he couldn't because of the fact that he had to pay child support. Mm -hmm. So because of his child support payments, he couldn't quit his job. 
Now, around the same time when he files for a divorce, he actually decides to stalk one of his coworkers. Oh, geez. There was at one point that he breaks into her house. I believe it said like in her, into, in through her son's bedroom window and watches the both of them while they are sleeping. What the Ew. fuck? And leaves before they wake up in the morning. It, that is some Edward Cullen shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> he starts following her around everywhere, follows her around while they're at work. Again, remember, this is a coworker. This is still 1993. Follows them around while they're at work and all of this stuff. Follows her in public. So she decides to report this to authorities. Okay. He pleads guilty to trespassing and gets a year probation. <laughs> and this is still in 93? This is still in 93. So we are still in 93. And he attempts suicide a few more times. Just a few more times? It Just a say. few more times. Okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't really say, like, how he attempted them. So in, like, 93, 94, he actually gets licensed to be a nurse in Pennsylvania. So he decides to quit Warren Hospital and starts a job at Hunter Medical Center in New Jersey. What? Warren? What? I thought you said he got registered in Pennsylvania for nursing. Yeah, he did. But he doesn't start working there yet. Oh. But I'm he just changed. Letting, yeah. He, okay. he ha- no, he has, a, so now he has a license. <laughs> now he has a license for nursing in Pennsylvania and in New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> this is why you just do national registering. So you don't have to worry about state. Jesus. Also, we'll get to that later. (laughs) So this is where I'm going to kind of like go back a little bit and kind of give a little more information on when he was at St. Barnabas. Because while at St. Barnabas and the things that were going on, it's actually said that he killed about 11 people while there. What? That he's connected to. So it wasn't Did just he admit the to judge. these later. Oh. Again, we'll get to that. <laughs> but it there. wasn't. But he admits to killing people there, and then while at um, Warren, he kills three people there. And there was his last victim at Warren actually said there was a creepy male nurse who put stuff in my IV before she passed away and her family members and the nurses both dismissed her because she was older. Mm. And so she ends up dying and nobody thought anything of it. Oh my God. Yeah. So then he's at Hunter medical center. It says that in 96, he kills five patients. Okay. So it says that a lot of them were overdoses of how do you pronounce this? D I G O X I N. Digoxin. Okay, digoxin. I don't have a medical license. What does that do? What is that used for? Um, is that the heart medication? Yeah, it's heart medication. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I I couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't remember it. Well, I couldn't remember how to pronounce it, but yeah. So then in '97 he gets fired from for poor performance, and then again in '97 he is admitted to the psych ward at Warren, and he is released. I believe they say the next day. Why did they admit him into the? Why did they admit him into the psych ward? Well, just because he's a little weird. Yeah, and he's like attempting suicide so many times. Yeah, well, things are going on, and he's giving like I guess weird vibes. I don't. I I want to say that maybe he checked himself in a lot of the times, but then he Mm -hmm. would always be released the next day. And it does say that 
when people talk to his neighbors, they, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it says that a lot of the neighbors would actually see him chasing down, chasing like the neighborhood cats down the street. So, you know, like the stray cats that'd be going around, yeah. like he would just kind of like go after them and like chase down the street and just be like, oh, you're kidding, kitty. kitty. <laughs> you <know>? Okay. <laughs> So then in 98, he starts working at a hospital in Elston, PA. A patient ends up dying there by a lethal dose of digoxin. Mm -hmm. So how many is that already? A lot. 11, 3, 5, 18, 19. This is February 98, but some places said that he started in 99. He ends up getting a job in a burn unit at, at, at an Allentown hospital in Pennsylvania. So, from the last hospital that he's in, and then this hospital, he is now in Pennsylvania with his nursing license that he got back in 94, mm. 93, 94. So, at this Allentown hospital, he has one, <laughs> he has one kill and one attempt. Did the person that he attempted to kill, did they tell him who it was? I don't think that they actually knew, but again, we'll get into that later. Well, cause this, that now it's just like going through all of the things that he did. So in 1999, he resigns at Allentown and goes to a cardiac care, uh, unit in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which was at St. Luke's Hospital. Oh, this is getting too close to me. It's all been too close. To I know. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in New Jersey, it's all been too close. So at this hospital itself, in a three-year span, he ends up killing five people. Is he all doing this through IV and overdosing? Okay. Yeah. Um, in January 2000, he has another suicide attempt. Now, this one kind of got me crazy, and I'm, I'm not happy that they gave this information, but it's insane. It's insane. I, I don't understand this one at all. So, for his January 2000 suicide attempt, he decides to light a charcoal grill in his bathtub. What? What? So, he... she. <laughs> I'm better now. Okay. So, yeah. This guy decides to lart, lart, <laughs> light a charcoal grill in a bathtub. So, in his bathroom... He decides, oh, if I just light this charcoal grill in my bathtub and sit in here with it, the carbon monoxide will get to me and I'll die. Oh, okay. That's uh, what he was going for. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, what exactly was going on. I thought he was going to, like, burn himself or something. Like, I don't know. No, but still, like, to me, I'm just like, that's still weird. Like, that's... That's like, a lot of work, though. That's, that's not... a lot. Because you have to think... You're you're in. Aren't bathrooms supposed to be ventilated areas anyway? If they don't vent, if they don't turn the vent on. Mm. Well, I mean, he is in a basement apartment, isn't he? Mm. Still, mm. yeah. Okay. At this time, yeah. So he's still in his basement apartment. The neighbors smell the smoke and call nine one one. He goes to the psych ward this time and still gets out the next day, even though he lit a charcoal grill in his bathroom. I was going to say, there should at least be, like, a week's day. You would think, right? Especially in 2000? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Like, I don't know. I don't know where their thought process is in all of this. Honestly. So then, in 02, 
Unused medication is found in a disposal bin at the hospital that he's working at. In a, in a what? Disposal bin? Mm-hmm. In a trash can. In a trash can. Okay. Yeah, trash the can. words are like melting together in my ears. <laughs> I'm like, co workers report the findings. An investigation leads to Cullen <laughs> being me. the perpetrator. And he's fired in June of 02. That same year, I think they said seven of his co-workers decide to come forward with suspicions of Cullen and they let, it wasn't the board, but it was, they, they had basically informed people like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like we, we kind of feel some type of way about this guy. Like weird things keep happening whenever he's on shift. We're not really okay with this. They get ignored. Like the people, the people sit there and they're like, "Mm, okay, we'll look into it. And then because things they couldn't really add up things at that time um after nine months the case was closed yeah because there there was no real investigation going on for this in the same year so we're still in 2002 okay this is september of 2002 cullen gets a job at somerset medical center in new jersey how did he get hired again we'll get into that in a little bit we will at the end of this. I promise at the end of this, we will get into that. Okay. Is but he changing his name? No, no. no he's <laughs> using his name. He didn't change it to Edward. He is still Edmund. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so close. Yeah. <laughs> but in September of 2002, yeah, he gets the job at Somerset and then he ends up killing eight more people. Wait, between September and then the year, or just in general while he's no, there? No, in general while he's oh there. Oh, my God. So, in 2003, what? they actually start doing an investigation on him. And this is, so this is all going to be in the same year. They end up doing an investigation on him, and the computer records show that he is actually going into other people's charts. So patients that aren't even his own, he's starting to look into them, and he's starting to kind of, like, pick people out. Are these people that are already, like, They're at the hospital. Right, 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 right. No. So these are, like, okay people. They're people on the mend. Okay. I guess I'll say it now. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I'll say it now. Every, like... I want to say maybe 90% of his victims, they were all people, they weren't even in there for life-threatening things. Like, they were in there just because something had happened, you know, they did get admitted, but they were getting better. They were fine. It was like, it could have been just like a routine surgery or something like that. So they had to stay there overnight or for a couple of days just to be monitored, but they were fine. There was nothing really wrong with them. I mean, there's something wrong because they're in the hospital. But it's not like they're terminally ill. They're fine. They're expected to go home. This guy's a weirdo. They have, like, a release date. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. A discharge, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Discharge. Release! (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, they start seeing all of that. And then in July of 2003, the New Jersey Poison Information alerts the hospital of four suspicious deaths. So in that time period, like the deaths that he had done or the people that he had killed, they had flagged four of them for being suspicious deaths. The hospital didn't look into it. Like they were notified, but they didn't look into it. When this this poison information center tried reaching out to them saying, hey, let's like look into this together. They're like, eventually. Nah, we good. Eventually. Yeah. 
So when the hospital doesn't cooperate, he ends up killing five more people. So in that time, like while they're, while this place is waiting for the hospital to cooperate with him, he ends up killing five more people. August of 2003, the hospital actually ends up getting penalized for failing to report non-fatal overdose at a instance where a patient was non-fatally overdosed with insulin. Okay. So person's in there. They have an overdose of insulin. Things happen. They fix them. Person doesn't die. And the hospital never reports it. How do you know that? Sorry. That was gross. I can't even stand that right now. Thank you for doing that <laughs> into the mic. That was horrible. It's not me. I don't. I didn't. Okay. It's not me. <laughs> it's like there's like a potato stuck in my throat or something. I'm trying to like get it. How did they, how do you know that you're overdosed on insulin? Insulin? Insulin. What? That's what we were talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like when they run your blood work and all of that stuff to see what's going on with you, because if you're like coding (laughs) or whatever, I don't know these things medically, but when things are happening, they try, they have to run tests to figure out what they can do to you. So when you overdose on insulin, it's pretty instant. Uh, your numbers. So the whole reason this you're is on the sugar, right? Yes. Okay. Well, it's the chemical that helps you process <laughs> your sugars. So when you're diabetic, yes. When you're an insulin dependent diabetic, it's because your body doesn't process the sugars in your system. So your numbers are normally high. If you overdose on insulin, your numbers are going to tank really quickly. Yeah. And you're going to start seizing. So it happens real fast. Okay. Yes. But they okayed him. Mm-hmm. You just give them some sugar pills, hmm. and right. you gotta do. Yeah, pills. but how do you figure out that that's that? That's what a lot of the time when diabetics, like especially <clears throat> when I'm in facility, and if a diabetic is having an issue, the first thing they do is they prick their finger to check out what their number is before they really do anything else. And then, depending on your number, we'll... I had to prick my finger a lot. Yeah, the like one of the patients was in dialysis, and he started coding. And then they figured out, because they're a bunch of idiots at this place, that he hadn't had breakfast yet. Oh, so they gave him some sugar pills oh. to get his numbers to go back up. So they bring his finger, so they took his blood, so they ran some tests. Okay. That is technically a test to be run. Mm-hmm. It was I correct. got you now. I was correct. She just took the longer way about it. I was the just more explaining it. Way. No, 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 you're good, you're good. So then, that was August of 03. In October... He ends up getting fired from this hospital for lying on his job application. What did he lie about? His qualifications. Oh, okay. And, like, I guess that he, like, left all of these jobs. Was fired from them? Yes, but I don't think he said that he was fired. I think that he said that he left them. Yeah. So he got fired from this one because he just lied on his job application. Yeah, so still in 2003, police are now investigating all of this with everything that's going on, and they start looking into him himself, and they start seeing a pattern and seeing how many hospitals he's been to or worked at, how many places that have actually fired him, let him go, whatever, or that he's had to resign from. And then when they start doing investigating all of these hospitals, they start seeing that in their computer records that he's looking into patients that are not even his. And he's going through their charts to figure out what's wrong with them. 
And then a lot of the ones that he was looking into end up being people who have died just or died. So after investigators look into all of this, they kind of have some stuff. Well, basically, they have things to hold him by. They ask one of his co-workers named Amy Ridgeway. So this is, again, still in 2003. They ask one of his co-workers, or I guess former co-workers, uh, Amy Ridgeway, to help with their investigation. And what they had asked of her was actually for her to wear a wire when she goes to visit him. So that way they can see if they, she can kind of... Is it coercion? Coerce? Coerce. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to use that word. Basically, kind of like prod out of him, coax him into it. Yeah, coax, coax, coax him into like admitting this. Eventually, she says yes. They end up going to a diner. They're sitting down eating, and she says, "Look, I know you had something to do with this, and I can't remember the quote. I heard it in one of the shows that I was watching, but he said something about like something along the lines of they can't pin me for these." They can't pin me for all of them or something like that. For all of them, but they can pin you for some of or, them. Like it was something <laughs> yeah. along those lines. Like they can't, they can't get me for this or something like that. And that was enough for the police to be able to arrest him. Right. To, to uh, interrogate him. Suspicion. Yes. So on December 12th of 03, this is the day that they were actually sitting down eating together and after he had this conversation with her, he walks out of the diner and he ends up getting arrested. Dang, son. Yep. That so, be. Two days later, he is in he is in the interrogation room and after six hours into interrogation, Cullen decides to tell detectives about his 16-year killing spree. Oh, oh my, my god. god. How many people has he killed? We're oh, getting yeah. There. I was going to say, this is well over 30. By so, now. by this point, the investigators are sitting there, the detectives are sitting there and they're talking to him. And at first he starts saying, well, yeah, I did do some of these killings, but I was sparing their lives. Like they were terminally ill. I didn't want to see them suffer anymore. I didn't want them to go through this. So I, I was sparing their lives. I was doing them uh, a, a favor. Yeah. By <laughs> killing them. And so that's why I was telling you, but then I ended up, that's why I was telling you to hold on. But he, when they were looking into it and looking into their charts, none of these people were terminally ill. Like I said right. about the judge, he was on the mend. He was getting better. He's um, just delusional. I don't know if that's necessarily delusional. He's just trying. Wait. Well, yeah. So we'll get we'll get to that after all of this. Then later on, he kind of contradicts himself in the interrogation. <clears throat> and he said that, well, he would see these people in the hospital. He'd see that they were sick, that some of them may have been dying. And so he was thinking about killing him killing them but then when he would actually do it it was more of an impulsive thing like his body was just like do it and so then he would go do it so he ends up contradicting himself when saying that he yeah. was trying to help them and later says that it was more of an impulse thing that hmm. he would just see these people in the hospital and be like oh, I, I just want to do this it is, yeah <laughs> this is easy <laughs> yeah in April 2004 he ends up pleading guilty to killing 13 patients. So this is in New Jersey. He ends up pleading guilty to killing 13 patients. And then he also pleads guilty to two attempt murders, attempted murders. But part of his plea deal, 
is that if he cooperates with investigators, that he will not get the death penalty as long as he tells them what patients he had actually killed. So then, yeah, so this is his whole plea deal, okay? Right. So then May May 2004, he pleads guilty to three more murders, I believe, that were also in New Jersey. November 2004, he pleads guilty to killing six more people and then pleads guilty to three attempted murders in Pennsylvania. Jesus. Wait, what was in Pennsylvania? Huh? The six, he killed six and three attempted. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, wait. So there was actually another one. So this, uh, well, this, this was a, uh, a man that he ended up killing in June of 03. So his name was Reverend Florian Gall. So it's F-L-O-R-I-A-N-G-A-L-L. And he was actually doing really well. He was set to go home and everything like that. And then this older gentleman ended up going into cardiac arrest and died within 45 minutes. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then he was actually killed with the overdose of what was that one? Dijoxin. Dijoxin. It's been too long since I said it, so I'm not, I know I'm not <laughs> going to say it right. And then there was another kid. So he, I believe that it said that his age range for killing people, like how old they were, was his youngest was 21 years old. And then his oldest was in their early 90s. So there wasn't really any rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. No, he just saw the people and he just, yep, wanted to do it. So then there was another kid. Well, I say kid. He was 21. And that was his youngest victim. And so his youngest victim, should I put his name out there? I don't know. I don't see why not. Okay. So Michael Stranko. So Michael and then S-T-R-E-N-K-O. Stranko. He actually had an autoimmune disease, but... For the most part, he was okay, and he was actually in there to have his spleen taken out. Mm -hmm. And so he was just being monitored. Everything was fine, and he ended up dying. I I don't think it was an insulin overdose. I believe this one was also from the digoxin. Mm. So sounds like his thing. Yeah. Yeah. So did they go back and check out any... Oh, no, because he admitted to... Well, they had, that's what I'm saying. They went through the investigation. They ended up visiting all of the hospitals because um, they and started like trying seeing, to figure out like the yeah, pattern. Yeah. And- so they, they realized a pattern. They realized that these people who nothing was wrong with them. And a lot of the people, when they did the autopsies on them, they would find that they would have high levels of the digoxin or the insulin, right. but they couldn't pinpoint who it was. They just knew that it happened, but right. there, and there were times where he was actually seen going into patients' rooms that weren't his with syringes and leaving, but that was it. So then that, those are reasons why he would get fired for like poor performance or he would leave because they would start investigating him. But then right. because he left, they're like, oh, well, he's gone. So it's, he's not our problem anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. On March 2nd of 2006, he is sentenced to 11 consecutive life sentences in New Jersey, and he is currently incarcerated in the New Jersey State Prison in Trenton. You said six life sentences? 11. 11. He was, Holy oh, shit. Whoa. 11 Where did I get? Sentences. Oh, 2006. Yeah, which some places I saw that it honestly, it was even more. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I did see that it may have possibly been even more than that. So it's like 
I think altogether, it was some somewhere it said it was like 357 years in total. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, the way that it was added up, it was like 357 years. But because of how everything was, and because there was no checks and balances, no, and nobody. I know that we had talked about this, I want to say, like, what, two episodes ago or something like that, when we were talking about Dr. Death. There is, There was no way for each hospital, especially if he wasn't flagged, if he wasn't reported or anything like that, he was just let go. There was no way for each hospital to know kind of, like, what this person was doing behind the scenes and True. why he was, like, what his poor performance was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they always had a fear that, well, if this hospital calls and we saying that he's doing bad or anything like that, like we, we have a fear now that he's going to come after us in a lawsuit saying that, you know, character defamation. Right. So, so they're like, Ooh. so they, and yeah, so that's why nobody ever knew what was happening and what he was doing and what was going on behind the scenes because nobody reported anything. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, if, they went out of their way to report him. Like, if the hospital itself reported him <clears throat> while he was an employee there, they just don't feel like dealing with all that paperwork. And then it also makes the hospital look bad at the same time. Yeah. Because, because you're letting this happen. Yes. yes. Because you're not monitoring your employees. You're letting it happen. This shit is happening under your supervision and care to your right. patients. So yeah. it makes the hospital as well look like a shithole, but now you still do because you just an asshole. Yeah. So then, oh, so after he was uh, sentenced, or during his sentencing, basically, I believe what like people are normally asked, like, do you want to hear from the families, blah, 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 blah. And so he didn't want to hear from the families of the victims. Like, he was like, no, I don't feel like dealing with this kind of thing. And so judge was like, tough shit. <laughs> so I think however many families of the victims were there came up and basically just told him that he was a piece of shit like he was worthless he was garbage he was nothing like which they had of, every right to do exactly yeah. so he had to hear from all of the families that were there from the victims and I mean you have to think like these are like from a kid that's 21 up until like <laughs> a 90 year old yeah grandma my, my grandpa grandma grandpa whatever yeah Yeah. after his sentencing because of the way that things were handled with him and the way that things were going 35 different states had actually changed how they handled hiring nurses and how they handled reporting them so that way there was a checks and balances and it's technically considered supposed to be more strict on how you get hired within the healthcare system and they are now allowed to report people, I guess, without feeling like they're going to be sued. They kind of treat it like a council now. So it's kind of like you go into almost like an interrogation interview process where they're like, hey, this happened. And you kind of have to like back yourself up, basically. Yeah. To like let them know like, no, it was truly a mistake. But even if it's a mistake, it still kind of counts against you. But it's not like you're intentionally going around doing these things. Yeah. And you go under evaluation. So 35 states changed after that. And one of them was not New Jersey. No, one of the it was New Jersey and Pennsylvania, actually. <laughs> but I was going to say something else. 
Because of everything that happened and with all the investigation and the way that people passed away or the people, yeah, the way that people like died, passed away or whatever, they can almost link him to about 400 deaths. Wait, what? But he only admitted to 40. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No, they have him linked to at least 400 deaths, but he only admitted to 40. And when the investigation was going on, like when he was being interrogated, they would sit there and say, hey, do you remember blah, 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 this and this happened? And he's like, yes, but this is why this happened. And da, 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 da. And they're like, well, no, actually. And so, or like he would say, oh, I don't know who that person is or whatever. So they would be like, oh, well, smack down. Like, we see you looking at their records. We see you doing this. We see you. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I did that. So at first he would try denying them and then they would be like, oh, but we have evidence. And he's like, oh, brain fart. in here for 300 somewhat years. You know, why not? I remember now. Yeah. So it, it was like, I just think that it was absolutely crazy that, I, and like I was telling you guys before, like Dr. Death. I don't understand it. Like they could go from hospital to hospital without Anything bad happening to them, like they would rather take the fine of or the the family suing them because there's a cap on how much you could get from being sued at that time. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a hundred thousand oh, dollars I had heard sure. or something like that. I I want to say like back then the cap was like a hundred thousand dollars, and they would rather lose a hundred thousand dollars from a family suing for malpractice than they wanted to because the the doctor or um, nurse or whatever could sue them for millions. So they'd rather take the family suit. I believe it. And that's why they never did anything to say any bad about doctors or nurses because they didn't want to deal with that kind of lawsuit. Especially because you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you come in and say, hey, look, they're talking bad about me. Right. And so then they would bring in their lawyers and their lawyers like, hey, either you let them go saying like they left on their own free will and that you didn't fire them. Oh, you're talking about the hospitals. Okay. Yeah, okay. the hospitals. Yeah, the hospitals. So the hospitals would have rather right, right, taken right. the family lawsuit for malpractice versus the defamation the of character. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's most of Yeah. So that was like all of that. And I'm just like, that's insane to me. That's absolutely insane. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, I get it, but it's not right. <laughs> yeah. At all. Yeah. So he's still doing his time. It doesn't say anything about him being dead. He's just kind of like living in jail. No mm, well. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I mean at this time he's like what 60 61. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cuz 1960. Yeah. What does he look like? I drew a little picture of him. <laughs> That's what he yelled at you earlier for. Cuz it was him. I know. Oh. I know cuz it was him on my screen and I was like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, hold on. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> He did. I will post it. Oh, that's what I was trying to get at. Now they're allowed to do background checks and criminal investigations on each person and do fingerprinting, which they were not doing prior to him. So that's what it was. Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah, I don't know. And like, that doesn't even make me bat an eye because they're just like, yeah, fill out this paper for your background check. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And that's why, like... Have you done bad things for them to be like, oh? Nah. Okay. Well, that's why. (laughs) But I mean, like, even at that, meh. 
<laughs> My driving record was in question for a second. What? At your current job? No, just like in general. Oh, okay. But that shit got expunged. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's okay. <laughs> I'll tell you later at the pumpkin patch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and apparently there's a movie that's coming out on Netflix about him. If it's already out, probably. But there's a... Oh, no. This was done in April 20th, 2021. So there's a movie coming out about him. This him. Ew. He's all gangly. He is not your nurse anymore. <laughs> he was never my nurse. That's him. La, 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 la. He's ugly. That is yeah. a creepy nurse. Yeah. Yeah. If he was my nurse, I would be like, next, next. Mm-mm. If nurses freak me out, I just kind of like, I am but- not okay. Yeah, and they actually have it where they have a list of each of his victims. I don't want to. I see don't that. have it. It's gonna be mad. I, I was gonna it's say gonna be I a PDF know. file of like twenty pages. Yeah, I I didn't even want to like bring up all of their names and how each and every one of them was done because he obviously had his um his motive. Yeah, his way, not motive. Emma. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was kind of like he he did a lot of them the same way. So he would just put it in their IV, and then just kind of walk out. Ah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for that captivating story, Linda. You're welcome, mm-hmm. Charles Edmund Colvin. Yeah, I, when I first started reading about it, I was like, "What is up with me and finding people who want to like kill everyone?" Well, not well. I mean, that's half the reason why we're here, right? I know. But I was thinking, like, the the committing suicide by drinking some form of chemical. Well, mm. I mean, Pee-wee didn't try to kill himself. He was just a little baby. Yeah, but then the lady, what's her name, that drank the Selsen Blue. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Gary Heidnick, our first story ever, he drank a whole bunch of shit and shoved himself in a car. That didn't work out for him. I don't know. Yeah. People are fun. Yeah. (laughs) So, today's missing person is... Oh, my God. Can you please say this? Celia Iacono? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not right. Uh, She is a missing or endangered person who was last contacted on March 9th, 2021 by a family member via telephone. Ayakono is a 60-year-old white female, 5 foot, 220 pounds, and brown eyes. She is believed to be operating a 2002 gray Ford Escape, New Jersey registered with license plate GBA37Y. She suffers from schizophrenia and depression. Last known address is in the area of Hemlock Drive in Bernaget Township. Anyone with information is asked to contact a tech Detective Hetrick at the Barnegat Township Police Department at 609-698-5000 and or the New Jersey State Police Missing Persons Unit at 609-882-2000 with the extension 2554. She has brown eyes, brown hair, and she's five foot. So, And we'll have picture posted. Yes, if you have any information whatsoever, this has not, it doesn't look like it's been updated, so I feel like she is still missing. I don't see anything about any new information that they may have, so. 
Ocean County, New Jersey. That's that's our that's our good little story for today. And hopefully you guys have been able to hear Linda better the past two episodes. <laughs> because we've had Until her she gets her, we've had her into the wall. Yeah, and then Larry has to come help set up the mixer. Don't forget Lawrence. A happy birthday, by the way. You're gonna hear this two weeks after your birthday, though. I'm gonna say belated birthday. Have a belated birthday. <laughs> Yesterday on his birthday, I uh, messaged him on Facebook. I was like, "Happy birthday, you old fart!" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't think I said happy birthday to him. I forgot. I didn't I did. either. Oh, by the way, don't forget that you can always join us for our Discord discussions. Oh yeah, give us information, any updates that you think that we should add to stories, any new information, any misinformation that we possibly gave out. Also, there will be some. <laughs> All of it is rules. misinformation. <laughs> something like that yes there will be ground rules if you're mean i'm booting you i don't know how but i'll do it you have the power i got the power i can show you how it's really easy i'm just really bad you know what's weird is like she thought of that and then i thought of jesus christ superstar you got the power and the glory oh oh my god (laughs) god just all the hands thrown around i don't know and i listen to that literally every day like at least one song every day (laughs) oh my gosh yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry if you guys have the discord yeah if you guys have already joined us in the discord thank you we love we love the interaction if you haven't yet i'm sorry it's probably a hot mess but again it hasn't really taken off yet because we haven't posted it anywhere as of the recording of this episode which is about an hour after the recording of the last episode so (laughs) we've really got nowhere (laughs) yeah Uh, maybe next week hey yeah Mm -hmm. but thank you we'll see you again next tuesday yep 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 Mm -hmm. hopefully by then we'll have our map because like i said it's still the same day so we have to go get the map from my mom's house <laughs> Not like it's gonna help any. But yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya.